What is going on, guys? Robbie here from the Big Red Express. Let me get that on. Hopefully, it was on the entire time, but if it wasn't, what's going on? It's Robbie from the Big Red Express, and I know there's not a lot of things going on in the CrossFit world. I know there's an event coming up. I know the Rogue Invitational is coming up. Dubai is coming up. I know last week we talked a lot about Dubai. And about my thoughts on Sarah Sigmund's daughter and her situation, Ricky Garrard. Since the episode dropped last week, Ricky Garrard has had a sit-down conversation with Chase Ingram ever at CrossFit HQ. And man, what an interview that was. We'll break it down a little bit later, closer to Dubai. But I wanted to talk about sports today. And the main reason I want to talk sports was because this is a sports podcast. I am on sports radio. And from time to time, I want to come on here and spew some whatever I feel like talking about and talk about sports. So that's what we're going to do today. This is the sports edition of the Big Red Express. We're going to be talking about some NFL topics because... We are right smack dab in the middle of the NFL season. We are going to be talking about some, a little bit of NBA problems that continue to bother the NBA and specifically one team and one player. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we hope you enjoy today's episode. So we're going to get right into it. We have a list of topics that I want to talk about and kind of touch on today the first one is going to be now this is going to be a hard one for me to talk about because as a Giants fan I hate giving credit to somebody else in our division but as a sports fan as somebody who loves the game of football and who loves it for the sport of it it is hard to to deny it is very hard for me to deny that there's a team in my division that is above the rest. And I'm not talking about just above the rest in our division. I'm talking about above the rest in the NFC. And I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys. You look at the start the Dallas Cowboys have had. They dropped one to the defending champions, Buccaneers, in that first week where, let's be honest, that game was theirs to win. They had so many opportunities to win that game. And you kind of felt like, man, it's just the same old Cowboys. It's just the same old Mike McCarthy. It's just the same old same. But man, if they haven't turned it around the last three weeks of the season, I don't know who has. And I really do believe you have to put them at the top, maybe top five in the NFC, if not top three or four. Now you got the Rams, you got the Cardinals, you got the Bucks, but I got I have to believe personally that the Cowboys are right there. Their defense is something special. Their defense is starting to get in their groove throughout the season. This is a kind of a, a time where okay, that defense, they're getting to know each other. They're getting to understand the schemes. They got Malik Parsons and they are starting to get in the hang of getting in there and being an NFL defense. Yeah, they gave up some points late 
in that Carolina game. But, I mean, that Carolina team is a very strong offense as well, and they held them pretty well until the end. But even then, they were just kind of throwing for the stars. You got to look at that also, the balance on offense, not only going from defense, but you got to look at that offense. They got one of the best passers, one of the most elite, I'd say an elite passer in the game in Dak Prescott. I know a lot of people haven't really, they've either been on the Dak Prescott bandwagon or they haven't. I personally haven't. I think it's been kind of overblown. But I'm more impressed with the running game that they have. I'm more impressed with the Pollard and the Elliott run game that they have, the balanced run game. And you know what? That kind of run game can work. A lot of people are going to be like, well, the Eagles are going to get in the way. Zeke's going to want the majority of the carries. Pollard's going to want a lot more carries than he's getting. You know, this, this, and that. And I don't think that's going to be an issue. I truly do believe that if if Mike McCarthy can buy both of these running backs in on this scheme where, hey, we're going to split the reps and you just got to go out there and get what you got. Think about this. I think about this when the Giants won the the Super Bowl. I think it was 2011, 2012 that season. They had a two running back form. They had Brandon Jacobs as that power back, which I see that's, I I see the, the Ezekiel Elliott type of running back. Obviously, Brandon Jacobs was a little bit bigger, but I'd say Ezekiel Elliott's just as good, if not better, than Brandon Jacobs was. And then you had Ahmad Bradshaw, who was that elusive back who could kind of jump around and get you those extra yards after the carry, and that worked. That worked for him. There were situations where Brandon Jacobs got a lot of carries. There were situations where Ahmad Bradshaw got a lot of carries, but it worked out if you can buy these teams into that team that atmosphere we have seen yes does it does it help to have one good running back of course it does we've seen that but if you can keep two running backs two top tier running backs fresh this is going to be a problem for a lot of defenses you're going to constantly have a fresh running back in there and you're going to have to figure that out these are two very good running backs in Pollard and Elliott. And you know what? They're money. Money, money, money. So that's the first topic I want to talk about. Second one, Harbaugh's record-breaking decision. Now, we're going to just kind of fly through these. There's no order. I just have a lot of topics written down that I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about them. First one was the Cowboys. This next one's that Harbaugh decision to go for the record at the end of the game with his franchise quarterback. Now, this is what I have a problem with. He put his quarterback in harm's way. Lamar Jackson has been known to have injuries all season long. He has missed multiple practices due to an aching back. He did that whole little flip in the end zone. And yes, I don't think it was a big deal. But if you're going to get hurt, that's a big deal. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the heck would Harbaugh do if, say, oh, Let's go for an undefeated record. Obviously, that's not the case this year. But what does it mean for the future? 
Are you talking? Are you telling me that like if your team is up seventy something to nothing, you're going to keep your starters in there just so you can break the record? Come on, that is foolish. That is a foolish coaching decision. And I truly believe that if Lamar Jackson got hurt or whoever took that run got hurt, that we would have never even known that the record was in play. He wouldn't have come out and said, oh, we were trying to go for the record. He would have made up some other fakakta excuse of whether or not he, why did he go for that play? Why did he run it? Why didn't he just take a knee there at the end of the game? And what else is he willing to do? If he's willing to put his franchise quarterback, if he is willing to put his franchise quarterback in harm's way for a stupid record, what else is he going to do? I mentioned it earlier. If the team goes undefeated, is he just all of a sudden going to be able to, oh, I'll just just put that in there. No! No! Come on. Got to be smarter than that. Next topic. Chiefs. They need to be concerned, man. They need to be concerned. You know why? We saw it last year. Their offense, yes, that's the moneymaker for them. That's their bread and their butter. Their defense has been known to not do very well. They have a very, very poor defense. If Mahomes isn't healthy, I don't think you can just put anybody in there and have that do that. Mahomes has been known as the season progresses to get slower, to get more diluted, to get more fatigued. And I understand that. Every quarterback's like that. But when you rely on your offense so much, one thing happens to Mahomes, your whole season's done because your defense isn't doing their part. They will tire out. Their offense will tire out because they're scoring so many points. You may be like, Robbie, what are you you talking about? They got to the Super Bowl last year on an incredible offense and not so good of a defense. Yeah, but look what happened in the Super Bowl. They lost. Mahomes was hurt, and while he did some incredible, magical things, Mahomes could not even will them to a Super Bowl title last year. And that's all I'm saying. That's that. That's a huge, huge factor when you're talking about it'll be very interesting to see what happens against the Bills this week. The Bills, who have one of the best defenses in the, in, in the NFL, they've also got one of the best offenses in the NFL. Can they keep up? Can that defense keep up with that offense and vice versa? We're going to have to find out because this could be a huge test and Kansas City could be in some... Big trouble if they don't straighten that out sooner rather than later. Secondly, or or I guess our fourth point. Yeah, fourth point today. Yes, fourth. The Panthers do not need to rush back CMC. Yes, I understand he's been hurt. They just lost. They're 3-1 and now. Still in very good shape in their division, you might say. There are reports that he could be back this week against the Eagles. I don't think that's necessary. I think that defense is very good. I think that defense needs to, is very good going up against that. I think they match up very nicely. 
That offense is good enough to put up points on the Eagles' defense. The Eagles' defense isn't that good. But they are good enough to put up points on that defense without Christian McCaffrey. Take a look at these the games that they have coming up. They have the Eagles this week, the Vikings next week, the Giants the week after, and the week after that, the Falcons. So I'm thinking without CMC, you could probably go 3-1 and one on this stretch and not have to rush him back. Get him ready. Get him to full strength. Don't pull the, the panic. Don't push the panic button yet. If you lose to the Eagles, maybe you can start rushing him back a little bit. But even then, the Vikings are of concern. Your defense is very good. It has been known that Kirk Cousins is not very good against very good defenses. He showed last week when he couldn't do that much against the Browns. Plain and simple. Let me tell you, I don't think they need to rush Christian McCaffrey back. He is your franchise. You've got Sam Donald. You've got Robbie Anderson. You've got a very, very good offense. You've got a very good defense. But I really do think they can hold their own over the next four games without him, without having to rush him back. If you want to get him back for the Giants or the Falcons game, go for it. But I don't think it's, it's immediate. I don't think it's necessary to rush him back only to do, only to go against the Eagles and the Vikings. I don't, I don't believe so. Take his time if you want him available later on in the season. I understand he's injury prone. Then even better of a reason for him to be 100% before you get him back. They've got a pretty easy schedule. They're, they're, I could see them be, being 6-2 and two without Christian McCaffrey if that's the case. Relax, Carolina. You don't need him. Our next point. Next point. This will be our, our last point of the day because this is something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Episodes about what we want it to be, and I got to go to work and, and and get on a call here pretty soon. It's about the whole Steelers situation and how it seems very familiar to a situation that's very near and dear to my heart, the Giants situation. The point is, Watching the Steelers is like deja vu all over again. I've seen it with the Giants. The Mara family wanted to give Eli that one final shot. I think it was a year or two before he actually finally retired. They wanted to give him that shot to win another ring. They drafted Saquon Barkley second in the draft. And you know what? Things kind of went downhill from there. Eli was washed up. He didn't have the weapons around him. He did have a very good weapon around him in Saquon Barkley, OBJ. But the situation was not handled well. The Giants weren't that good of a team to make it a big difference. I see the same thing with the same thing that's happening with Big Ben and the Steelers. Big Ben's a little different because he's ailing. He is. I feel like he's getting too old for his style of play. I do believe that he is still a very good quarterback, but it's not as good as he used to be. They just drafted a running back in the first round. Why? I don't know. I'm a big Najee Harris, uh, Najee Harris fan. I picked him to be my rookie of the year, but obviously that's not panning out too well. I just hope... They ripped the Band-Aid off now before that whole thing becomes a big dumpster fire and they're, and they're struggling and they're 
keeping the hope alive for Big Ben when you just need to get clean house, establish a new franchise quarterback, and go from there. If you need to put someone in there that's going to tank the rest of your season so you can get a Malik Willis, so you can get a very good quarterback in the first round this year to replace Big Ben, you have to do it. Rip the band off the band-aid off now so it doesn't come and bites you in the ass later on. And that's all I'm going to do. You know what? No, we're going to talk about one more thing. I got some time. We're going to talk about one more thing because it's kind of near and dear to my heart. It's also something that affects a lot of us. It's going to be the whole Kyrie situation. And the point is Kyrie missing practice is a huge problem. He continues to talk about how he's going to be there for the team when they need him. He has missed practice. He will potentially miss practice every single day leading up to the season. He will potentially miss every single home game during the year. That's 42 home games. That's 41 home games, something like that. He will potentially miss every single one of those home games. And he constantly preaches how, hey, I'm going to be a team player. I'm going to be there for my team. Yeah, 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 no. Kyrie, you got to calm down with that, man. You can't see what the problem is with this. You can't see that you are acting as an example to the younger players on your team and the younger players in the league. I understand you don't, you can do what you want. You want the privacy, whatever, take it. But don't say you want to be there for your team if you can't be there for your team. You want to be a team player? Great. Go be a team player. But obviously you don't want to to deal with the mandates. You don't want to deal with the vaccination. And I get it. It, I respect your your opinion and I respect you for not wanting to get the vaccine. You, You don't have to. I'm not going to try to convince you. Obviously, but what happens if he goes and Andrew Wing is this whole thing? If in a couple of weeks, right before the season starts, he gets the vaccines, like, oh, I'm all good to go. It just seems like he's been a lazy, lazy teammate, a lazy person that just didn't want to show up and didn't want to put in the work. And I'm not going to say he's not going to be ready for day one. But man, how bad of a look is it that you just made this huge entire big deal about not wanting to get the vaccine if you're finally just going to get it the day before the season starts just so you can play, just so you can be there for your team? Bro, it just comes off as being lazy. We have known for him to leave his team when they've needed him and, and with no reason. No, no one's given us any reason why he went off. And yeah, th- there was some social issues that he was dealing with, but then it finds out that it could be for his birthday. We don't know because no one ever tells us. And there, and I know he's always like, oh, well, the media is going to construe it this way, construe it that way. Well, you know what? When you don't tell us anything, when you don't tell the media anything, Kyrie, we have nothing to do but speculate. Tell us what you're going through. Tell us why you don't want to get the vaccine. But when you're just like, oh, I want my privacy deal with it okay well then we'll make our own assumptions we will make our own speculation of why we think you are a bad teammate that's what i think he is in this situation i'm out of here guys thanks so much for listening to the big red express this week we'll talk to you next week have a great great rest of your week and great weekend until then follow me on social media at robbie vogler and the big red express and we'll talk to you soon later